The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family. BurkeReviews.com Welcome to Burke Reviews MovieCast. This is a special edition. Uh, we're going to be talking about Tribeca Film Festival and the movies that not just myself, but my guest, David Ortega. Hi. This is David's first time on one of our podcasts, but he has been working with Burke Reviews for several months um, as our editor. He makes sure all of my stupid typos are fixed and some of my bad word choices are, are like right now. Can you fix that? Can you undo what I just said because it sounded kind of dumb? No? All right, then. So, I don't know because I'm probably going to say something equally as, as bad. <laughs> but it's okay. It's very late on a Tuesday night, uh, two days away from we, when we fly out to New York City mm-hmm. um, to see a bunch of movies and see a bunch of New York because neither of us – well, actually, you've been. I want to say the last time I was there, I was 13, but now I'm thinking it may have been before that. So let's just say like 11, 12. But I don't know about you, by the way, but I'm psyched. Yeah, I am extremely excited about this trip. Um, It has uh, been a long-time goal for me to get to go to New York City, and uh, now that I'm actually getting to, um, it's pretty amazing. Uh, You know, I watch a lot of movies and forgot to turn my ringer off. Um, I watch a lot of movies, and so many films are set in New York. Uh, I mean, just the Marvel franchise alone, uh, the bulk are set in New York City, so... Um, and then Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, the first movie I ever saw in the theater, set in New York City. So I've seen so many of the sites in movies. I mean, Home Alone 2, you know? Oh, uh, that's right. But um, getting to actually be there in person is a is a, a longtime dream, and I'm very excited to uh, get to see it. Now, me, a trailer started playing. I'm just having no luck with this. Oh, you're good. Um, <laughs> Aside from wanting to go here as travel plans as an adult... Anyway, it, it's going to feel like we're walking into a giant movie set. Because yeah. I've only known New York through film for the last, you know, 20 years of my life. And so how appropriate that we're going to watch a bunch of movies exactly. in the city. Um, Tribeca Film Festival is one that uh, I, you know, I've heard about a few years ago. Robert De Niro was involved with its creation, so that's always really cool. I didn't know that until you told me, by the way. Yeah, um, and I had heard it a few years back because of his New York heritage. And, you know, um, and uh, I am... I, I applied for press credentials, and we were approved. So we are heading out there. Um, we're only going to be there for a few days, though. This isn't like when I went to South By and I was there for the, most of the festival. I think I missed two nights total. How many days? Uh, nine for um, South By. And it was it was a lot of fun, but I think nine's a bit much. Um, you know, you're away from home. You're watching a lot of movies. It was it was I was done by the end. Um, so I think the uh, four days we're going to be at Tribeca. We're, we're hoping we're going to see a couple movies Thursday night when we get there. We're going to see uh, several on Friday. A few on Saturday and several on Sunday. I think Sunday's going to be our busiest uh, day. Maybe Friday, too. But Yeah. Um, and then Monday, we get uh, the daytime to kind of do whatever. And I'm still counting Monday as a day. Uh, yeah. Though. Yeah. We even, we fly out late, so it, it helps. Um, we've got most, like, basically till 5 o'clock before we got to head to the airport. So uh, that's when we'll try to do a lot of the sightseeing, that, and Saturday night. Um, it's going to be interesting if, for some reason, our flights get canceled or delayed and we have to stay a day. Uh, <laughs> that would be real. Not, not so bad, because I did take Tuesday off. 
um, in preparation of our late flight because I'm like, oh man, I'm going to be too dead to go to work the next day. Um, I wish I could do the whole span of it because there's so many movies I don't. I there's don't. a lot I'm going to miss, and there's oh, yeah. multiple screenings that we could have maybe been able to fit some of these in that we're not going to be able to see. Um, and so what we're going to do on this episode of the podcast is talk about uh, some of the movies we're, we're definitely going to see because we bought tickets for some, mm-hmm. and then some that we're planning on seeing during the critic screenings, and of course. This is always subject to change. We might hear something is really great that we weren't planning on seeing and decide to go see that. Um, it could be something gets moved around or something gets moved up that wasn't set to, to play and now it is playing. So all sorts of like last minute changes are possible. So this is more of a just a heads up of what I'm going to be uh, seeing with David. And then um, I'll be writing about and we will do a some type of follow up episode of this podcast. Uh, of recapping what our favorite movies were uh, maybe real short just like hey this is our absolute favorite or maybe like a mini top five type of thing where it was like these are our personal maybe individual or both if we have shared list or something are you bringing the equipment out there to possibly do i'm planning on bringing um well i don't think i can bring everything i was going to bring the one mic which we could gather around like a campfire and share um and that would work or we could you know hit it up when we get back after we have some time to decompress because i got i kind of feel like we're going to be high on being out there we might want to do one just to uh capture that but we are going to be we're going to be running around a lot too that's the only other catch is that we're going to be wanting to go do this and do that and let's get some new york pizza at two in the morning because we're hungry and we're you know hungry so (laughs) and then being old men and probably becoming fairly exhausted fairly easily yeah yeah nap time will be a real thing um but uh let's kind of go through these um i'm not going to go in any particular order i'm just going to kind of go down the list here um and we'll i think it's it might be alphabetical totally totally alphabetical um, or something. No, it's not alphabetical. So I'm looking at the Tribeca app, and I've got a wish list of the movies that we're planning on seeing. We're just going to kind of go down um, the list. We're going to start with uh, Ghost Box Cowboy. Ghost Box Cowboy. So Ghost Box Cowboy um, is here's the description from Tribeca. Uh, David Seltner shines in this darkly comedic mor- morality tale that examines the inner workings of China's economic engine and the lengths outsiders will go to get in on the game. Um, Texan Jimmy Van Horn arrives in China brimming with optimism only to realize that acquiring a share of the country's rapidly growing riches is not as easy as it appeared from back home. Armed with an absurd product pitch and short on the charisma or quick thinking needed to convince local businessmen of his sincerity, Jimmy soon finds himself out of funds, leaving him at the mercy of those who promise to help him stay in the place he's gambled away his entire livelihood to be. As it turns out, there's a lot of unpleasant work in China for guys who look like Jimmy Van Horn. Um, this movie uh, kind of grabbed both of us because I had p- singled this one out before. Um, I knew you were definitely coming, and uh, you you were in as soon as you read the description. Um, do you know kind of what pulled you in? Hmm. Now that you put me on the spot, I don't. What what <laughs> I will say though is the the setup just sounds interesting. I'm kind of yeah. curious as to how he's going to adapt. I like adaptability in general, so to see somebody have to go into another environment with a goal in mind, business in particular, which I don't know much about, it definitely caught my attention. So the director is John Marangouin, and I am sure I've mispronounced that, and that is something that I was recently told I need to be better at, and I apologize. Um, but this is kind of a last minute setup. I was trying to get a bunch of stuff done before we leave because I have to set up stuff for a sub and whatnot. So I didn't have as much prep time for this as I would have preferred, especially uh, I'm not familiar with this director. I don't know um, what else he's done, uh, but I, I was kind of the same. I like the premise, and I am a big fan of dark comedies. Well, that's another thing I was going to point out here and looking at this, that it's described as a darkly comedic morality tale, which you have me right there. Yeah, so. exactly. I, 
I tend to like dark humor. Um, I am a big fan of uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, who did The Lobster. And, oh, I still haven't um, seen that yet. Oh, man. And the Killing of a Sacred Deer from the last year that you that desperately need to see. Um, I love both of those films. And I also have seen The Alps and um, Dogtooth, which are his other two films. But those are both from Sweden and uh, in Swedish with subtitles. But um, I am a fan of both of those, although I, I would not necessarily recommend everybody watch Dogtooth. I would highly recommend everybody watch The Lobster. Um, but... That movie is, I think we have that for Thursday evening, so that's when we get there. That's the second movie we're going to see, and I do think we'll scroll down. Um, this next one's kind of an odd situation. Uh, we got critic invites to the screening of Tully, but I've already seen Tully, which is the only and movie... I desperately want to see Tully. And I liked it enough that I'm all about seeing it again. Now, this one I am very familiar with the director and the writer. This is Jason Reitman and Diablo Cody is writing who did Juno together in 2007. Have you ever seen Juno? I have not, but I own it. Juno is one of my favorite coming-of-age stories. Um, I love Ellen Page in that movie so much. Jason Bateman's in it, Jennifer Garner, uh, J.K. Simmons, and... Um, oh, please don't do this. Why do I not remember names sometimes? Um, Michael Sarah. Oscar winner. Well, Michael Sarah's in it, but that's not the one. Um, uh, what's right there? It's on the tip of my tongue. Well, she won for you... I, Tanya. She won for I, Tanya. Margot she... Robbie? No. The, the, the mother... Oh, uh, Allison Janney? That's it. Man, I, I, Janney was dancing around. I could not get the rest of it to come up to the forefront here. Um, but this is uh, Tully star Charlize, Ther- Charlize Theron. Excuse me. Um, uh, Justin, nope, that's the wrong guy. I almost said Justin Theron, and that is not correct. It has uh, um, Mackenzie Davis, Mark Duplass, and Ron Livingston. Um, I thoroughly love this movie. I got to see it at the Florida Film Festival just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my review is up, but... The reason why I wanted to see this, aside from you wanting to see it, mm. is that Jason Reitman is going to be there. Yep. And I am a fan of Juno, like I said, but I also I like Young Adult, which is their second uh, collaboration. That's Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman as well, and also stars Charlize Theron. Um, so I, I am a fan of his, and uh, getting to see him and him talk about Tully, I'm definitely excited about. Um, so I'm okay, and I was okay with watching this movie again because I really did. I enjoyed it very much, and I kind of want to watch. Uh, your face at a few scenes to see how you react because like I know how I reacted and now I'm like oh now I know what's going to happen I want to see how other people react like because um, there are some there are a few moments where I'm going to be like nice. I'm just going to try to do it so you don't see me looking so you don't know like what's happening why is he looking at me but um, yeah Tully is a, uh, a film that is going to get a wide re- well it's going to get a limited release during the summer and I'm hoping it will get a wider release because Juno did very well in the box office mm-hmm. and got uh, Diablo Cody, that was her first screenplay, and she won an Oscar for it, for Best Original Screenplay. So um, they're an award, award-winning award group, and I think uh, Tully has the the stay power. I think it could be a mass success if it gets the uh, the audience. I love her name, by the way, Diablo Cody. Mm. Do you know anything about her? I don't. I think you'd like her more if you did a little research into how she became a screenwriter. And I, I, I got a uh, sweet spot for Kinsey Davis, so... Uh, what, from what? <clears throat> oh Lord! Now that you call me, I don't know. Oh, okay. say, well, maybe. Hmm. Because I, I liked her in the movie, but I, I couldn't place her, and I, I don't think Interstellar. Oh man, I just screamed at. Is it really? Uh, wait, no. Was it the Martian? I'm sorry. I think I, I think I'm thinking the Martian, and um, later on her 2049. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, okay. It's the Martian. It right? is the Martian. I still don't remember who she was in the Martian. She worked at NASA. 
oh, she was the one, the the one who gets the first message or whatever that he's still there. Right? I believe so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she was on *Halt and Catch Fire* and an episode of *Black Mirror* called *Yorkie*, which I've not seen that particular episode. Ooh, I uh, I was still working my way through that show, and I don't hey. think I've come across that. And episode. I totally place her. Um, in Tully, I did not recognize her from *Blade Runner*, but yeah, now that I'm looking at it, it's like, oh yeah, duh. Um, and I'm, I, I love her at least their own. So yeah, she's almost always terrific, and uh, in this movie, she's she's playing a little bit against type because she often plays kind of the um, the attractive, the sexy one, and here she's very much playing like a homely mother. And I don't know if there's if there's body makeup or if she like purposely like had to stop eating right and, or whatever to to because she's just had a baby in the movie. Um, and there's a part like it's in the trailer, so I'm not I don't feel like I'm spoiling anything. Um, but mm-hmm. she takes her shirt off and the the she's got like a bra, on, but she takes her shirt off and the, the daughter's like, "Mommy, what happened?" And it's just like wow like what an insulting thing to say but um yeah but at the same time it's like but it's Charlize Theron like she was just in like Prometheus and she was in Fast 7 and or whatever they called the seventh one um or well, I remember in I'm Monster. sorry she's in Fate of the Furious uh, Monster yes again yeah. very transformative Body transformation mm-hmm. um but yeah she and obviously uh Mad Max Fury Road as Furiosa she's you know oh, yeah. she doesn't have an arm but she's you know, she's in really great shape so it's always interesting to see an actor like I hope not like let them make themselves suffer now for i want to see it even more just to see how she appears i'm not going to look up anything that mm. would spoil it but all right so let's jump uh to cargo oh yeah uh, this because high on my list cargo stars uh, a an actor who i keep becoming a bigger and bigger fan of which is martin Same freeman here. um i want to recommend uh ghost stories which i think is supposed to be out um in vo on vod this week or oh i did not know that if i'm wrong it's definitely uh in limited release now um i know it's playing in theaters in england because my my friend matt from what i watched tonight just saw it and um i got to see it i actually took my daughter to see it at the florida film festival and we both she liked it i loved it um i was really really into it um i was scared and I was having fun. Like, I was laughing sometimes at myself because I, I exclaimed a couple of times. The guy next to me, at one point, I shouted. I was like, what the? There was another word there that I'm not going to say on the podcast. But uh, he, like, looked over at me, like, shocked. And I was like, oh, my bad. But I was, like, really shocked. So it, it reacted. And Freeman's just amazing in it. Uh, so I've liked him in everything I've seen him in. Yeah. Yeah. I can't think of an example where I don't. I mean, I love him as O-Man in uh, um, The World's End. He's uh, mm-hmm. you know one of the, the six friends. And obviously, he's Bilbo Baggins in The Hobbits, which I like him. I don't necessarily like all the Hobbit movies. But I don't ha- yeah. hate them, but there's you know there's too many. And it's really long. And you haven't watched any of Sherlock yet, right? I have not. Um, okay. He plays Watson, and mm-hmm. he in that, he's an Afghan war veteran. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Cargo. Um, Cargo is an, in the aftermath of a global pandemic. Andy, Martin Freeman, is focused on uh, keeping his wife and their infant daughter alive as they travel across the Australian outback. A terrible accident, however, forces him to set off on foot. A zombie bite has given Andy a mere 48 hours before he, too, is undead. Andy struggles to both find a refuge for his child and stave off the disease as the clock runs out on his humanity. On his journey, Andy crosses paths with an indigenous youngster, Thumi, uh, played by Simon Landers. It might be Simone, I'm not sure, because um, I don't know if Thumi's a boy's name or a girl's name, who brings him into her aboriginal... Oh, now I know it's a girl, so that's probably Simone, um, into her aboriginal community and offers a much-needed bit of hope. Her people may have a cure for the sickness. Now, this is based on a short that I believe I've seen um, that Freeman is not in, but it was like a successful YouTube type of viral short. It probably huh. did well at some festivals. Um, where it is just the same premise of a dad trying to get his daughter safe before he transforms. And 
it's there's a it's a good short um i remember seeing it and being like wow that's really cool so i didn't know that when i first read about i'm just like oh martin freeman zombie movie i'm in you know like well i didn't know there was a short i'm gonna have to watch it now before mm. going into the movie yeah um and i don't know it, it sounds like there's definitely a they've expanded it because there's no girl that helps him in the short so um it's directed by uh two people ben howling and yolanda ramke i'm assuming i'm saying that one right um but yeah i i'm very excited about getting to see this uh martin freeman is the only one listed in the casting credits on the app for uh south uh, sorry not south by wrong festival okay good because i was gonna ask because uh, you're, you're pulling up much more descriptive version of- oh oh i sure am yeah. um well that would be uh the beauty of an android apparently um go, well, there- go note eight um there's a lot that is drawing my attention with this movie, and I did sit down and watch the trailer for this. Yeah, I did too, actually. And that's when I, I the trailer was when I was like, I'm like, I think I've seen a short about this, and then I, I did some oh, checking okay. and I confirmed. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, well, it's yeah. definitely a different take on, you know, the zombie story. I mean, and, you know, uh, a parent Which, trying to protect their child is nothing new, but yeah, no, but with, with the zombie infant, twist, yes. um, and then. Actually, that's a trend at this festival. There's like four zombie movies that are all kind of playing on the traditional zombie archetype, and um, I'm excited about that because I love zombies, and I, I was kind of burnt out on them because of Walking Dead. Um, no offense, I know you're still a fan. Uh, they did they did finally wear me down last season, and I was just like, no more garbage people. I refuse. And then, um, but I still like zombies. They're still my favorite like monster type. I, I, I'm almost always in to see a zombie movie. We never had enough growing up, and now we're just flooded with it. Flooded. But I'm okay with that. Yeah, as long I, as I can select what I want. Yeah, and I'm okay with some of the bad ones too. Like there's some that are real cheesy, but I still enjoy the the, the monster because to me they're they're horrifying. Because one, they could be your friends and family attacking mm-hmm. you, and then two, they are. They don't. You can't like use logic on them. You can't be like, "Well, no, you're not hungry." Like, "Oh, you're right. I'm not. Thanks. I was on a diet." But you know, like, you're just—they're gonna eat you. Like, that's it. It's run, get away. Um, and that scares me as a person who likes to argue my way out of things, knowing that I can't. I'm like, "Oh, nope, no, no luck with the zombie. You can't, you can't like reason with it. Just you gotta run." I hope they they don't run like they did in Dawn of the Dead. The yes, but I, I see now. Well, 28 days is debatable. Uh, 28 days. Wait, well, I, I should point out. I do like. The zombies mm-hmm. that run, I do like that added. Well, I was gonna dread. say it's debatable if they're even zombies, right? Like uh, because they're they're rage monsters; they're not technically undead. Which I'm wondering if that's the case here, because it does look like it's more of an actual infection. When you see, I don't mm. know who the actress is that plays his wife, but when you see her, she's got all the pus and everything all over her face, and uh, I'm interested in how yeah these zombies are going to be portrayed and how violent they're going to be. Well, this next movie um, is another one. That we're going to go with uh, "You Shall Not Sleep." And I might be wrong. I thought this one had a zombie vibe, but now I'm thinking it does not. But I believe this is the one where they're in the asylum. Ah, okay. And then I mistook. And then there might be another one that I'm forgetting. Um, the Dark, maybe? Uh, uh, I know which one you're talking about, if you give me a minute. For Bianca, performing on stage provides escape from a tortured home life, one where her father's mental illness leads to a daily cycle of pain. Unexpectedly, the upstart actress is presented with an exciting new opportunity to move into an old psychiatric hospital and take part in the play led by a doctor who specializes in a radical form of sleep deprivation, pushing the actors to their limits by testing their resolve. But the longer Bianca goes without sleep, the more dangerous her situation gets. She begins to suffer from nightmarish hallucinations and to suspect that both the doctor and the hospital itself have sinister plans that go beyond mere on-stage entertainment. Um, so this is directed by Gustavo Hernandez. Um, it's listed as an international film. Uh, it's from Argentina, Spain, and Uruguay. Um, stars Belen Ruda, Eva de Domenici, Natalie de Molina, 
uh, Germ Germain or German Palacios Eugenia and Tobal Juan Galera. And I feel like I did a good job with that, but I could be very, very wrong. And I apologize again to uh, those actors. I'm sure they're all offended. They are. They hate me. Uh, they're never going to listen to the podcast again, and that is a shame. But um, I'm always up for a horror film with a psychiatric ward. Although I've also been burned by a few of them. Yeah. Uh, so there's always that uh, that idea that maybe it won't be as good as we hope. But I'm hoping it is um, listed as a midnight film, which is usually reserved for the uh, the horror genres and at film festivals. Um, this right. one, I uh, it just sounds like the right type of chaos for my my horror film all the sleep deprivation being in an asylum and it's they're they're entering there under the guise of a play mm -hmm. i really want to see how this one plays out it is an international film correct yes yeah it is international um so we can expect subtitles which is i have no problem with but something to always be mindful of especially i do wear i need glasses to read from a distance so i have to always make sure i don't forget uh those or that affects my ability to read the ca uh the captions um all right, let's move on to um, the next film on our list, uh, Duck Butter. And this one is all about Aaliyah Shawkat. Um, that's what draw drew me to it immediately. Um, Who stars opposite of her? Uh, Leia Costa. Or Costa. Um, Leia. I think it's Leia. L-A-I-A. -A. Uh, when uh, Naima, or Naima, I can't pronounce the character name for the first time, and Sergio meet at a club. They hit it off instantly, connecting over their disdain for the dishonesty that they have experienced in their respective romantic relationships. High on their fast chemistry, the two women concoct a romantic experiment. They plan to spend the next 24 hours together, having sex on the hour. Above all, they commit to perfect, um, perfect honesty with each other, a theoretical remedy to the deceit they believe to be an element of modern relationships. But the relationship is in a vacuum, doesn't go as planned, and soon the weight of their commitment begins to close in, threatening the ideals of the day-long experiment and their chances for a romantic future. Um, it's directed by Miguel Arteta. Um, it is not an international film, uh, despite I think some of the names do make it feel like it could have been. Um, executive produced by the Duplass brothers, though, Mark and Jay, who I'm generally a fan of their indie style, and that's kind of what I'm expecting for this movie, is to be maybe in the mumblecore genre, um, you know, a lot of people just waxing intellectual in a room talking, and I tend to like those. Um, so do. I'm in for that. And then uh, Leah Shawkat, Leah Costa, um, Hong Chow, and Kate Berlant are the four listed cast members in the uh, app. Yeah, this movie. I will. Uh, I always mispronounce her name. Say oh, it for me again. Aaliyah Shawkat. Aaliyah Shawkat. Mm -hmm. I've been a fan of her since the rest of development. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen her much of anything. She was in oh. an episode of Broad City. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a, a show on TBS recently, um, so the search search party. I did see a couple of episodes of that. I didn't see it, but I heard good things. Um, and I heard it gets really twisted by the end, actually. Um, and then, uh, and duck butter has a different meaning on Urban Dictionary that oh, I was sure. not aware of. So, is it raunchy? Uh, a little bit. Oh, maybe don't say it then. Look um, it up if you want to have fun. Uh, okay. Uh, but Aaliyah Shawkat is in Green Room, which is one of my favorite Jeremy. Oh, Solomon that's stuff. right. I don't know how I um, forgot that. And then she is. Uh, Oh man, I had something else. Now I think it, it, it's left my brain because it's getting late and I'm not remembering everything. I, I just had another film. That, oh, uh, was she's in an movie. Ellen Page movie that I love a lot called Whip It about the roller derby. Um, Ellen Page is Juno in Juno, but yes. uh, she's one of my favorite actresses and they're best friends in uh, Whip It, and I I love her in that. And I'm also a fan of Arrested Development, so her as maybe is excellent. What is that called again? Whip It. Yeah, Whip It. Um, it's a really good movie. It, uh, 
Juno, or sorry, <laughs> oops, sorry, Ellen Page, uh, Ellen Page, Aaliyah Shawkat, um, uh, the tall and skinny uh, burglar from Home Alone, whose name is not going to come to me right now, but he is her, he is her dad in that movie, um, and then, uh, um, yeah, my wife is making a little noisy uh, in the background there. <laughs> my daughter's lunch for what tomorrow, so partner noise. Um, there is a chance we won't see Duck Butter though. Because there's oh, another no. movie playing at the same time that we are also interested in that we're going to talk about right now called Jellyfish. And so we have to make a tough choice. We have to choose. Do we see duck butter or do we see jellyfish? Well, I'll go on with jellyfish before I so, give you my answer. Jellyfish is a 15-year-old Sarah Taylor exists in the eye of the storm, the sole caretaker of her family, including precocious twin siblings and a manic depressive mother who spends most of her time in bed. Sarah runs from school to home to work each and every day. Yet, despite her uh, Herculean efforts to put food on the table and keep the electricity on, she is still forced to engage with more dehumanizing ways to make a few extra bucks. So it's no wonder that her back uh, her back is up against. I'm sorry, her back is up among her peers at school. Jellyfish tells the story of Sarah's discovery of an unexpected outlet for her frustration and quick-tempered wit. Stand-up comedy. And that's where it wins me over is all of that, and yep. then her finding stand-up because I am a huge, huge stand-up comedy fan. Um, something I actually wanted to do myself, but have always chickened out um, whenever I try. Partly because I think I'm more of like an improvisation, not improv like comedy, but like you say something and I can lash out and make fun of you in a very funny way. But that doesn't pay off on stage. Um, yeah, the we, element of working a crowd. And, yeah, uh, there, there's there are a lot of moving pieces there that I'm too big of a list to work a crowd too because I I would get my butt kicked pretty quickly Um, so uh, directed by James Gardner stars Liv (coughs) Liv Hill Sinead Matthews Cyril Nri and Angus Barnett Um, I I'm very interested in this I might reach out to the publicist and see if we can get a screener for it so if we can't see it during the festival maybe we can get it uh, like a digital copy to watch that would be great Um, because I am I'm very much um, interested in this film I am again a huge fan of stand-up and I love movies that uh, tackle my passions like I like movies about journalists I like movies about musicians and I I like there's not any that I know of yet but I'm gonna like movies about podcasting I think too so I'm just waiting for it to happen um, so movies about stand-up comics, although there's a lot of times it doesn't pan out because stand-up does require like a, a cadence, and I don't believe uh, the actress is a comedian. Like maybe not. Does it disclose her age? Um, the no, it doesn't. Not because the it makes actress. it sound like she's uh, the character. It says she's 15. Yes. So, okay. But that doesn't mean the actress is. Of course. Well, I meant the character. That's what had me interested. It's mm-hmm. just seeing. You know, I I've worked with children who have had to be very this, tough, resourceful, yeah. and grow up quickly and that's what drew me into this was seeing i i'm curious as to how she juggles all of these mm-hmm. issues and and how she ends up with stand-up even like how do you how do you find stand-up at 15 like are you going to a club illegally well, i like, imagine her life experience on top of that just gives her plenty of material and I oh yeah i'm yeah. sure there's tons of material but like where are you doing stand-up at 15 like most clubs are 21 and up she's probably lying about oh yeah no. yeah which i mean that creates more problems like you know what i'm yeah. saying like the the dramatic possibilities of that film sound really strong and i definitely want to see it but then duck butter they're what having sex every hour on the hour for 24 hours yeah but now to my experience with Aaliyah shawkat like i don't think it's going to be no. distasteful so um i don't know uh but um it, the premise sounds like it's maybe I'm you, such the a first... creep. that's one of the first I'm like, oh, okay i mean <laughs> but the first 
I think the first um, implication of the film is that that might be how it starts, but yeah. it quickly devolves into this isn't going to work, and then conversation, which, given the Duplass's production credits, I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be a lot of dialogue, which will be probably entertaining and maybe a little melodramatic, but in a in a relatable way. Uh, yes. At least that's been my encounters with them. So, um, it's going to be a tough choice. It is, and that might be a game-time decision, audible kind of thing. Flip a coin. Uh, yeah, which, they, uh, or like, you know what, I really want a hot dog. Let's go outside and grab a hot dog, and we're going to miss the start of Duck Butter, so we'll go to Jellyfish. Like, it could be like that type of, you know, that could play a factor because of the time. It's right around lunchtime. So, like, we'll have to make a call. Like, can, do we want to eat after or do we want to eat before? And then, boom, you know. I want to read the whole time, so hopefully I'll be awake for this one. All right. Let's look at uh, Jonathan. Not me, but the movie. Say. Um, this one was easy to pick because I loved Baby Driver. Because got your name. Oh, well, and because that's my name. I won't lie. When I saw, oh, there's a movie with my name on it, and it's spelled correctly, I'm all in. I always mispronounce his name, Ansel. Elgort. Elgort, thank you. Um, he, so Jonathan lives a mundane life, and it sounds autobiographical. Um, he goes to work. He eats alone. I don't eat alone. He plays video games sometimes, and he swaps video messages with John daily with John, with whom he shares a modest apartment. The lives of the the two are in, entwined, though not quite in the way it might initially seem. So when John breaks one of the ironclad rules that govern their ordered lives, their structured existence, their increasingly suspicious doctor, and their own individual an, an, uh, autonomy threaten to collide um and it's listed as a sci-fi drama so i'm thinking yeah that's what got me in reading it i didn't think it was going to be a sci-fi film i'm thinking it's a clone jonathan and john seems hmm. like you know a little and they in that a doctor mm-hmm. okay um and it also says uh the way it's worded um the two are entwined though not quite in the way you might initially seem kind of thing you know um Maybe split personalities is possible. Uh, Suki Waterhouse and Patricia Clarkson are the other two uh, cast members. Directed by Bill Oliver. I, you probably didn't see Fault in Our Stars, did you? No, I did not. I hadn't uh, until recently. Um, my wife did. Uh, finally, she's like, "Let's watch this." I'm like, "Okay, I'll watch the movie about cancer kids that I know is going to make me cry." And um, it did. But he he is the lead male in that, and he's terrific in that as well. So. The two movies that I know I've seen him in, um, I've enjoyed him very much, so I'm all in for Jonathan. So, um, high hopes. High hopes, for sure. Yeah, that one is high up on my list, too. Just, uh, it, it, I don't know, it reminds me, for whatever reason, of Ex Machina. There are just, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of surprises in that movie that are going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I surely hope so. Um, the next movie, well, we'll just keep going down the list here, is Stockholm. Oh, yes. I really want to see this This one movie too. sounds really intriguing. Um, yeah. This one, the picture is even compelling because you see like what looks like a cowboy holding a, a woman by her neck, like in a sleeper hold, pointing a gun towards the camera. Uh, well, not directly at the camera, but towards like off camera. Uh, there's, this, there's the Brooklyn Bank robbery that inspired Dog Day Afternoon, and then there's a 1973 case that originated the term Stockholm Syndrome. Robert Doe's Stockholm recounts the absurd true story that sent psychologists scrambling to explain why a group of bank clerks insisted on defending the thief who had taken them hostage. Um, and I didn't even, I actually keep forgetting this. Ethan Hawke stars as Lars, yep. a charming, bumbling, Bob Dylan-loving crook who storms into the Swedish capital's mightiest money lender and confuses hostages and police alike with his bizarre demands. Um, oh, man, I didn't see this. Mark Strong is in this movie. And Numi Rapace. I am oh. even more excited about this movie. I didn't realize either of those actors were in this. Nice. Uh, Robert Boudreau, uh, Boudreau is uh, the director, and that cast right there, I'm, I'm pretty much in. Um, 
I, I like Ethan Hawke a lot. I think Same. maybe he's underrated at times because um, he has taken some questionable movies. Yeah. Um, but I generally enjoy him um, in everything I can think of that I've seen him in. I still haven't watched the Before trilogy, the Richard Linklater uh, love story that starts stars him and I'm going to forget the actress's name, but it's they did the first one in like 1996 or 97. They did the next one in 2007, and the next the last one was in the equivalent year. Maybe it's maybe it's 15. Um, what are the names of those films? Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, and Before Midnight. Oh, no, I haven't seen any of those. Yeah, and they're all Richard Linklater, who is a notoriously innovative filmmaker. Um, like that alone, that he's cast these two, and then every 10 years we rejoin them in real time. So their relationship has, has evolved 10 years since the last time we saw them. So really interesting premise. I just haven't got to them. I own all three, actually. I just have not watched them yet. Um, it's one that I really want to watch with my wife, which isn't always easy to nail down Like when we can both sit and watch a... And we're both in the mood for a romance, you know, because sometimes it's like, hmm, not right now. Um, well, that's kind of what drew me into this movie was the premise that you just read. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not only it covering the actual case that led to the term Stockholm Syndrome, but just I, I, I like characters like that. He yeah. sounds like a bumbling idiot who's sympathetic and these people are going to want to yeah. like help him out and root for him. But I want to see, you know, in, in a way, I imagine how much of it is a con too. you know, like how much of it is like genuine I'm an idiot, and how much is, like, I'm an idiot? Oh, see, I didn't think about that part of it. I just felt like, you know, let's let's root for the... uh, the, I don't have any other information. I'm just wondering, like, because there's a a million ways this could go. Is he legitimately, like, sympathetic, or is he a good con artist? You know, like, uh, what was the situation? I mean, the fact that he's robbing a bank makes me question how sympathetic he could actually be. But um, let's go to uh, The Night Eats the World. And this is another zombie That movie. one we added fairly recently, too, yes. and that's international as well, right? I believe so. Um, one night, Sam attends a raucous apartment party in Paris. So, yeah, probably. Uh, but pressured to show up against his will and not will, uh, and not feeling festive, the dejected Sam heads to a private room and falls asleep. The next morning, everything has changed. The walls are stained with blood. There isn't a living soul in sight, and the dead have taken over the streets. Barricading himself inside, he hunkers down for safety, anticipating a long haul. As the undead congregate outside, Sam passes the lonely months by entertaining himself however possible. But there's only so long he can hold on to his sanity. And he may not be truly alone. Wah, wah. Um, what really... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, International, as I mentioned, it's a French film. Uh, it says French-Norwegian. Um, director Dominique Rocher. Uh, Anders Danielson Lai. Golshifte uh, Farahana. And Dennis Levant. What are these poor people you're just... Butchering? Butcher. I don't know, man. It could be close. Farahani? Farahani is probably how... Golshifte? Golshifte. I wish I had the same list. I'd like to give some of these a shot. This sounds like... Oh, good. I mean, hit, hit, hit oh, it up. Oh, no. Here we go. Now I'm going to be the bad guy. Yeah, say it. Do Where it. leave off? Um, I mean, I just read the cast list, which is... Dennis Lamont. Man, look how easy that was. Oh, you picked the easy name. I said oh, that one. Oh, it's Denise, actually. Uh, or Denis. He may not pronounce the S. Son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, one thing that... I, a, I can't believe that I passed over this movie and looking at the films that were going to be out there. But B, I love the fact that this is seemingly going to be from the perspective of he's alone the whole time. Yeah. You usually have to deal with other survivors and other personalities mm-hmm. and at least these other sequences that we've well, seen. Except for that times. last line, right? That he, that may, he may not, not be alone. Yeah. What does that mean? Is he? Is there a zombie in the room that he's been locked in with the whole time that he didn't notice? You know, like there's all sorts of implications that could be there. Um yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. And again, I missed this one somehow when we were doing our first preview. So I'm yeah, glad we, we got an invite. Um, and there is a chance that this one will be missed. I think this is the Saturday night movie and the only movie we're planning on seeing Saturday night. So if we get wrapped up in something else, 
um it might be that we end up not seeing this one but i i want to because i'm the premise is really interesting um but it, it is on our list and it says months did not know that yeah so uh, how long how long are we going to stay with each month is always a good question um we've got a couple left here um i think three left to talk about let's talk about lemonade so lemonade mara a young romanian mother and and nurse who moved to the united states several months ago for work has it seems already become accustomed to the suspicious questioning glances and remarks that are part of the fabric of her life in america by morning she's getting vaccinated the doctor adds a flu shot without her consent by afternoon she's taking her nine-year-old son to look at schools and working on her green card application while fending off advances from her self-righteous immigration officer and by evening she's simply trying to keep the peace with her new husband a former patient she met just a few months prior um so it sounds like a very dramatic kind of film it is um international narrative competition uh, english romanian um director iwana Yurikaru, karu 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 i'm gonna go with that um melina manovici steve basic dylan scott smith milan herdick and ruxandra that's a name uh manu it's a cool mm-hmm. name Rux, it's maybe it's Ruxandra. It's R U Zandra. I also like that Melina name drop from Mortal Kombat. Mm. Didn't know she was still getting work. It, there's a weird accent mark over the A that I'm not familiar, sure how to say the A, so it's probably not Melina. Oh. Um, it might be Melina, but I have no Malina. idea. Uh, maybe, well, the A's not at the end; it's at the beginning. Um, all right, we're gonna do two more. Two more. We're gonna talk about, and we're gonna start with Zoe. By the way, I'll, I'll point out with Lemonade. Yes, please do, because uh, I jumped the gun. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. One reason why I was drawn to that was uh, just seems like a story of... I, I like stories of struggle. I like stories where people have to... And when I say survive, I don't mean the sense of, you know, a zombie film or a survival film, which is yeah. now, I guess, a genre. But she just seems like a tough woman who's just having to deal with a lot of odds and ends. And, of course, the title, I'm sure, is a play on making... Take uh, lemonade, yeah. Yeah, life gives you lemons, kind of thing. And um, her, it says that the, the doctor gives her a flu shot unexpectedly. So uh, yeah, I'm it, thinking she's going to start having flu symptoms throughout the day. Is but yet she has to do all these things still, so she has to keep going despite feeling awful. Um, so yeah, it's a and movie. Working on her green card, and I know now, you know, immigration is a hot topic. I don't know how accurately this will portray it. What, what is the timeline on that? By the way, is it? Does it say morning, when this occurs? It says morning, afternoon, and evening. As far as when, like, in his... A 24-hour period. Yeah, it looks, that, it looks that way. Now, I mean, that could just be how the movie opens, and then it goes from there. Like That's maybe. the other thing that, that hooked me, is that it's that short amount of time. Mm. Well, our next movie um, is called Zoe, and is a sci-fi romance. Uh, so another sci-fi film. Um, in the not-too-distant future, uh, that always reminds me of Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, in the not-too-distant future, the most cutting-edge technology has honed romantic relationships down to a science. Right away, that reminds me of the um, Black Mirror episode with um, yes. the Hangs DJ. Yeah. Um, so I'm right, like, oh, good episode. interesting. Um, I'm glad you remember the title of the uh, episode. That's rare, uh, too. But a computerized test can determine the likelihood of successful partnerships between two individuals and androids, known as synthetics, have been designed as the ideal partners, ones who will never leave. Zoe, Leia Seydoux, and Cole, Ewan McGregor, work in the research facility uh, responsible for developing this technology, and it's against this backdrop of romantic engineering that their own relationship begins to blossom. But a sudden accident opens a division between, uh, yeah, it says division, 
opens a division between them, threatening their uh, nascent relationship and pointing to larger philosophical questions about love, humanity, and authenticity, which is what good sci-fi is supposed to do, is make you question things like that. So I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I'm a big fan of Ewan McGregor. It is only a 93-minute sci-fi film, which oh, really? is interesting, because um, that is not always the case with sci-fi. Uh, directed by Drake Dormos, um, written by Richard Greenberg, which I haven't been dropping writer names, and I probably should have been, but... Uh, and we mentioned the two stars, Christina Aguilera, not, I'm assuming not the singer, um, uh, Rashida Jones, which I, Ooh, I, I forgot she was Rashida in there, uh, Theo Barrier. James and Miranda Otto are other stars in the film. Um, we got one left to talk about. I, but, by the way, I'm really looking forward to that movie, huge Jim McGregor fan, and just the, what do you call it? The log line, the plot, the description you just mm. gave me. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. be all over that. I was in when I saw you and McGregor because I am a big fan of his. Um, I like most roles that he's played. Not all roles, but like I'm a big fan of Train Spotting and Train Spotting Two or T Two Train Spotting. Um, I'm a big fan of him as Obi Wan Kenobi in the Star. He's my favorite part of the Star Wars prequels. Um, pretty sure, hands down. Um, and. Agreed. Uh, I know there's another movie or two that I love him in. I still haven't finished Big Fish, the Tim Burton film, but I've heard really good things about Big Fish. I haven't seen that one yet. I don't own it. Corey uh, is a big fan. You know, Corey, uh, who does top five movies and movie club with me, and, and is a not a frequent writer on BerkReviews.com, but a regular writer enough. She's written some stuff over the years. Um, she is uh, a big fan of that movie, and Ewan McGregor in general, but in that one. Uh, I did not like his portrayal of Jesus slash devil in... Um, a movie that I have since forgotten the name of because I really didn't enjoy it. Not not so much his performance. It's just not a fun. It's not a fun or entertaining movie in any way. Didn't find it very thought provoking. You don't remember what the title was? Not at the moment, no. But it's it's easy to find. Um, when did it come out? Two years ago, I think. Um, I watched it last year as part of the movie club uh, podcast. But Corey and I were both not happy with it. Um, maybe okay. other people like it, but um, did not enjoy it. But our last movie, and this one was a Sundance film that I've been wanting to see and I'm very excited about, and it's called The Miseducation of Cameron Post. Um, has some big names in this. So uh, we have when teenage Cameron, Chloe Grace Moretz, so first big name, is caught having sex with another girl on prom night, she is shipped off to God's Promise, a middle-of-nowhere treatment center run by Dr. Lydia Marsh, Jennifer L., and success story, Reverend Rick, John Gallagher Jr., who was in 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, Hush, and uh, he was in something else. Oh, I saw uh, a very excellent film at South by Southwest called Sadie. Um, he is a great, uh, great. He gives a great performance in that movie. Um, but he, and he's also in Short Term Twelve with Brie Larson, which is oh, a really great movie. You need that. to watch that. And I've heard of Sadie and as well. Rami Malek is in it. Sadie, you you read my review and edited for me, so that's probably where you've heard from that one. There you go. Um, but that one, I'm hoping is going to get some kind of release because Sadie is excellent, and people definitely is dark. It's super dark, but. It's great. Uh, Tony Hale is also in it. And it's one in a movie. Hmm? It's one in a movie. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, so continuing with this, sorry about the, the break there, but uh, they subject they subject her to dubious gay conversion therapies, but despite these treatments with quotation marks, Cameron eventually forges a community with her fellow teens, quietly defiant Jane Fonda. That's funny. Uh, played by Sasha Lane, who had her big breakout in American Honey two years ago with Shia LaBeouf. Um, and she was in uh, Hearts Beat Loud, which I just saw at the Florida Film Festival, which is amazing. And Sasha Lane is great in it, although it, she is a supporting, very light supporting character in that movie, but she's great. 
and Adam Red Eagle uh, Forest Good Luck. Uh, together, these misfits play recovery since play at recovery since their only hmm, sorry since their only way out is time. They just have to wait it out. Um, it was a winner of the grand jury prize at this year's Sundance. So that's you know it got a lot of recognition there. It's directed by Desiree Akhavana. Ak- I'm sure I butchered that. And I apologize. Um, and then Cecilia Frugolale. Yep, is the screenwriter credited with uh, Desiree. And I, I think we got all the big-name actors, yeah. Um, I am a big Chloe Grace fan. Uh, she's done some Same. bad movies recently. Um, the Fifth, Fifth Wave. Wave. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is brutal. Um, and there was something else. Um, she was in the sequel to Neighbors, which I haven't seen. Uh, she's fine in that, but that movie, it's not a great sequel. It's not a bad sequel, but it's not as funny as the first movie. Um, it very feels like a rehash for the most part. Um but uh, she was supposed to be doing the live-action Little Mermaid and had and stepped away, saying she was done with acting for a oh, while. I didn't know that. And now she's doing this, though. So I, maybe she just didn't want to do the big Disney contract or something. Um, I don't hmm. know. Maybe too much pressure to be Ariel. Uh, but she obviously came into our lives kicking butt in, hit, in Kick-Ass um, as Hit Girl. Oh, and yeah. then uh, even though Kick-Ass 2 is not as good, she's very good in it. But um, I'm a big fan of her vampire, uh, the Swedish film that was adapted to um, um, American or English, um, which was uh, the Let the Right Ones In. It's the Swedish version, and Let Me In is the American version. She stars um, in that film as the vampire, and I I love both versions. I didn't know that. Yeah, I really love the American version because of her, though, um, and also Richard Jenkins, who is a treasure, and he needs to be in every movie. But Richard Jenkins, yes, sir. He's in The Shape of Water. He is the um, the neighbor. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, he's great. He's always he's always terrific. Um, he's the dad and step uh, yeah step brothers. Which yeah yeah. Love I just watched role. that the other day again. Yeah, he's so great in that when he when he flips out on them because he's so even how he is with Adam Scott, the brother, like you know the other brother. He's so like. <laughs> and just like loving and caring for that guy, but he's like completely cold to everyone. He's just, uh, he's so good. Catalina Evan Wine Mixer. <laughs> um, that I think covers what we're planning on seeing our four days in New York uh, at the Tribeca Film Festival. That movie, by the way, is it just sounds like it's going to be fun. That was our first ticket that we bought. By it the was. Way. I, I knew I was going to see that one, and there was not a critic screening for it, so I immediately bought a ticket. Um, that was the, I think that's the film I'm most excited about. Um, not that the other ones aren't exciting, but that one I heard about. I love the cast and even the premise is so intriguing. Like because I've I've heard about gay conversion therapy, and it's such a, a foreign idea to me that like seeing this is like is I'm curious how much research went into this, like how accurate this is going to actually represent like that idea. And I, as a as a licensed mental health counselor, is that Correct. right? that uh, you would probably take some interest in this as well, because I'm sure that they're going to be presenting it as therapy. And, yeah, that is going to be interesting. Yeah, so that alone is compelling. But then you have that cast. And John Gallagher Jr. is so good. What has he been in? I don't recognize the name off the bat. Okay, I gave you a bunch of movies. I'm going to do them again, though. Yeah. Um, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's such a common-sounding name. I think that's what throws it off. But... Um, he is he's always great everything i've seen him in i absolutely love him even when he's playing kind of not like in 10 cloverfield lane you don't really know how to read him for half the movie like is he a good guy is he a bad guy you don't really know um and uh i would say the same is true with sadie um sadie it's he shows up and he moves into the neighborhood and there's something off about him but he's so charming that you're kind of like what do you what do you do with this and i don't want to give anything away for that movie so i'm not going to go any further than that but that's i'm talking initial impression of him in that film is like what's this guy's deal do i trust him or do i not and um hush i don't know if you ever watched hush it's a netflix original um it's a uh 
the main character is a deaf woman who has isolated herself. She's an author, and she's isolated herself her house in like the middle of nowhere. And um, a man in a mask shows up and starts tormenting her. Um, and it's Gallagher Jr. is the actor in the mask, so he's playing like a real despicable villain. And it is an intense movie because she doesn't know right away that she's being tormented yet because she can't hear anything. So, and when he realizes that she's deaf, there's even a scene where he kind of like is like knocking on the door, just kind of like just messing with her and it man it is an intense horror film like it, some people i've i've heard some people not high on it but i think the general consensus is it's really innovative and really creative and um it's it was i think it came out two years ago so before the a quiet place but it has a similar premise because of, like it's not similar premise but this actress is i don't know if the actress is actually deaf actually so let me correct myself before i say that but the character is deaf mm. and how that creates uh, issues with someone wanting to kill you you know like things happen where any other person would have heard like something going on and she's oblivious for a little while and then that it intensifies the situation because she's got to be on look out not just you can't just rely on like hearing someone coming you have to be looking in that direction so like the the proverbial blind spot that we talk about is more of like a deaf spot like she can't hear footsteps coming up behind her and yeah, he is in a lot of dark films yeah he is he he plays but uh, he's not always the bad guy right yeah. or he's not always clearly the bad guy to to leave some ambiguity ambiguity yeah ambiguity that's what i'm trying to say all right folks i think that covers it um done are you ready for tribeca 2018 dude i am so hyped to go to this um one, I think the, this festival, um, I've been to South by Southwest and I've been to the Florida Film Festival two years in a row. And while I loved both of those festivals, this is the first festival where they have separate critic screenings, like the whole time we're there. Like there are daytime screenings explicitly for us. And then there are nighttime screenings for the general public, which we had to buy tickets to attend with the exception of a couple we were uh, comp tickets for. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's such a different experience because we're going to be going in with other people who are there to review the film, not just experience the film. Mm. And um, I don't know if that means there are going to be more seats available, like if it's going to be because there's a lot of movies going on, too, at the same time. And I don't know how many critics are going to be there, but I'm imagining a lot because um, we're in New York. I mean, there's you know major newspapers right there. Like, oh, yeah. Um, so it, it, I'm hoping to get to meet some people, maybe, you know, hand out some business cards and, and network a little. Um, I am a blogger first, uh, so I'm not always taken seriously, even though I did go to school to be a journalist. I do have a writing background. I teach film, um, although I, I would, I'm not a film student. Uh, I, am, I am a film student of my, my own teaching. Like I've bought tons of textbooks, and I've read them, and yeah, I've studied I them, some of those, and I, I, have, I have immersed myself in the film culture. So while I am not... Um, People, and by the way, he has. I've known John since he was a kid, and this guy is all in. Mm. This is uh, my passion. It's I've an always loved it. Sip of water. Yeah, I know it was very, very loud as well as it popped. Um, Good but, job, Marco Rubio. So you know, getting to go to New York and and do this um, in a and again, I am in no way insulting Florida Film or South by. They're they're different festivals. They're doing their own thing. Yeah, and there are opportunities for critics or whatnot at those festivals. But this one does feel like it's catering to the critic. Um, that they're making sure that you have these opportunities to see these films without competing with a bigger audience and. I like that. And that's even reflected in the emails. They're very, is. you know, hey, please respond to our SVP. A lot of invites going out. Mm-hmm. And I think the the logic there, though, is they're hoping that these films were going to get more publicity because we write and that people will see our thoughts. And, um, 
you know, uh, there's not no guarantee we're going to like the movies. Um, I hope to. Like, I, I there is a there's a lot of misconceptions about film criticism from non-critics that we just look to destroy a movie, and it's like, no, not at all. We're, we, the only reason why we spend so much time with movies is because we love them. We don't want to hate any movie, but we're also not going to rant and rave about a film. And now the other thing is your average movie viewer might watch 50 movies a year where I will watch easily 300 movies this year. And I'm not a full-time critic. I am a part-time critic. You know, so a full-time critic might be watching 500, 600 movies. So their pool of films they've seen are much greater than your average movie watcher. So when we say a movie's bad, it's not because we don't like it or we don't want you to like it, but we're saying based on the movies that you could be watching Mm -hmm. and our general experience, there are flaws with this one that don't exist in others. And again, we're not necessarily comparing movies in that way, but I do think that's where we're coming from. It's like, no, no, we've seen what great is and this isn't it <laughs> and uh you know while we're talking i happened to glance over at the tribeca film festival mm. sheet here and there was another film oh, that we did not discuss that i thought we might go over real quick yeah you want to do a little bonus round let here? me pull it up um but the dark which is another zombie movie um and it's another zombie movie that is not the traditional zombie movie yes the characters are fully aware and have dialogue yes. and they're uh, and you even confused, apparently, up. yeah. Um, so it's called The Dark. And being a teenage girl is already difficult enough, so imagine also being an undead ghoul. That's the horrible reality for Mina, a young woman who has been cursed to haunt her childhood home in the woods. Nobody gets in, and nobody gets out alive. Technically, I guess it's a ghoul, not a zombie, although there are some similarities. Yeah. Um, that is, until she comes across Alex, a blind boy, around her once living, uh, around her once living age... Who is de- uh, I like how they worded that, her once living age, because she's dead, so her age is irrelevant, who is dealing with his own trauma. After she effortlessly dispatches his companion, Mina lets Alex live, and by doing so, she begins to notice some, odd, some old feelings, such as empathy and love, have resurfaced. It could be just a fluke, or Mina might be more alive than previously thought. And that is a really compelling premise, um, directed by Justin P. Lange, or Lange, or Lange, with an E at the end. Um, Lange cast uh nadia alexander toby nichols and carl markovics um and now, this one is going to be on the 22nd sunday so mm-hmm. i don't know how it's going to fit in i think it's schedule. early i think it i think it fits perfectly into our schedule because uh, the other the movies we have tickets for are late i think this is uh, this is during the critic screenings and they now there are other showings so if you want to see these and you're in the new york area you can buy individual tickets or you can buy um actually i don't think you can buy ticket packages anymore i think you have to buy individual at this point but um, the ticket prices seem to vary around 23 bucks to, I saw some movies were like 45 yeah. and stuff, depending on if there's like directors or something there, I think. But, um, seems in general, they seem to stay around 25, 27 yeah. from what and I've seen. There are, I think, uh, five theaters, um, that Tribeca is using in the Manhattan area. Uh, so if you're in that area and you're interested in seeing some of these movies, um, look at Tribeca.com, not Tribeca Shortlist. That is their streaming service, which is actually pretty cool. If, if, oh, if you, I didn't know that they have. Yeah, um, they have a very cool feature, and we're not being paid to say this, but I, uh, Corey and I have subscribed to pretty much every streaming service at some point throughout a movie club, sometimes just using the free trials to watch a movie that we didn't want to buy. Um, and other times uh, we were subscribed to Tribeca Shortlist for I think like four months because they were. It's only five bucks a month. I think. I think it might have gone up to six now. But no, it's not um, bad. It's got a pretty good selection. Like almost every film on there is like vetted, like canon type films. Um, and their selling point with the shortlist is is that they have filmmakers, actors, directors, uh, which is a filmmaker and and such, um, pick like three movies 
and like a theme and it's a really cool idea because it's like they're curating like watch these three because they're all about this or watch these three because of this reason mm-hmm. and um but they only can pull from the movies that are available to stream. So, like, a lot of the lists have the same movies in them. So, that's where it kind of falls apart as a premise, uh, okay. um, at least for me. But it still it has a really good collection of films that uh, you can't see on a lot of the other streaming services. Because either they filmed, they were uh, streamed through the, the service, they're connected to New York filmmakers. And so, Tribeca seems to have a, a pull there. But um, it's, a, it's a pretty good streaming service. And it does have... I don't think it has an Xbox app, but I think it does have like an Amazon Fire Stick, and I think Apple TV might have the Tribeca Shortlist app. Um, I don't think it's on Xbox or PlayStation yet, but um, but yeah. So Tribeca Film Festival and Tribeca Shortlist, two things based on the same uh, the same company, I believe. At least if I'm wrong, then I'm I apologize. But I'm, my understanding is they are connected. Um, and the last thing I'll say about this festival, this is going to be my first film festival period. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hell of a choice to start yeah, with. Yeah, you're Trey going Becker. big. You're going with a pretty big one. Oh, yeah. And I, I just can't wait to see the environment, the atmosphere. And, yeah. uh, you know, I know we've gone to movies that are, I'll use Thursday Night Screeners, for example, Big Summer Blockbusters. The crowd is respectful. They're quiet. They're invested in the movie. Mm-hmm. You see emotional reactions as they happen. You get the applause at the end. I, I want to see this is going to be a different perspective on that well, I'm interested you're in. going to see two different perspectives because we're going to be at the critic screenings yep. where it's just going to be critics and I've I've experienced different sometimes critics um, are vocally critic at, critical at the end if they liked or disliked something um, when I saw uh, with Big Tuna we went and saw a critic screening of the Big Killing Tuna. of a Sacred Deer and um when it ended, uh, Big Tuna was like, "I love the, I love that movie." Like talking to me, and an older female critic in front of us uh, said, "Do you also like snuff films?" And, oh wow! <laughs> and <laughs> Big Tuna and I were both like, "Uh, wow!" <laughs> like we, because I also like Killing of the Sacred Deer a whole lot, but it is it's a dark movie, and I can see where she's coming from, but. Um, and so it, I've uh, I saw a Ghost Story critics. Most of my critics screenings are a twenty four, but. Um, one of the critics I saw that with fell asleep, uh, oh. which I mean it's a late night thing. And that movie, if it's, it's not for everybody, I loved a ghost story. He did not apparently because he didn't make it through the whole movie. But um, so I've had different experiences with critics now. But we're gonna be in New York. I don't know how many critics from outside of New York are gonna be there. Um, uh, I wonder if TM Powell is gonna be there. Yeah, I don't know that he does movie reviews currently, but uh. well, and then. Um, the night screenings so we're gonna have a mixed bag of people who are there for the festival but also people who maybe were like there to see something like oh what's this there's a film festival yeah um and i've i've experienced kind of both because south by southwest is a huge massive festival that is not just movies it is it's gaming it's music i mean there are so many people there for that festival um and the way south by works is you buy a badge for spe- specifically what you want but i was gonna you can ask get you because anything. it looks like yeah yeah so you could like you can buy a music badge and you can become a there's a standby line that you can wait in for a movie so if there's a movie you really want to see you can theoretically get in unless it's like everybody wants to see it and you're just at the very very back essentially yeah um but there is like a platinum badge where you can get into any anything you want like as like you're in every main line as long as you're there early enough you can get in kind of thing um and then um the critics just have a regular film badge, so we're just with the regular film badges, but it says press on it, but we get no special privileges or anything. Um, but everyone that's there is festival only. Like, you can buy individual tickets, but, like, it didn't seem like that was the thing. Most people had badges. Florida Film Festival is very different. Um, the, the crowd 
is very much a local homegrown community that really comes there. Like South by, you're getting people from all over the world at the festival for the festival. Yeah. I feel like Florida Film Festival, uh, you get some international travelers, but they're usually connected to one of the movies that are in it. Most people are in the homegrown community, which means that most films are packed because they're they're local and this festival has been going for 27 years. So they have like a almost like a group. It's almost like they're just getting like a family reunion every year for the film festival. Nice. All these friends and families who have been going year after year after year. And then, of course, new people who are like like myself and, and Big Tuna who were, were going um, for the last couple of years, but we hadn't gone beforehand. So we're still not like we're not part of the in crowd. Right. And uh, Tribeca, I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect. Is it just going to be locals or is there a lot of people from all over the world come? I mean, like Sundance, you know, is like international. Everyone goes to that. People every all over the world go to TIFF and Tell- Telluride and Cannes. Um, I don't know if Tribeca is that level or not. Uh, so it could be that it's just local New Yorkers and then us. Um, I'm sure there's going to be some you know, international or at least uh, out-of-towners for it. But it's New York. New York's already uh, you know, huge Very and massive and busy diverse. all the time. So I am curious about how, like, is the experience going to be inflated with that because of the festival? Or is it going to be, like, just normal New York and then, like, we're at a festival? <laughs> like, I am really curious to see how it plays because it's also spread out. Like... Um, South by downtown, everything's downtown at yeah. South by. At Florida Film Festival, there's only two theaters because it's a smaller festival, and there's they're, again like you're not bringing a lot of people, but they're within five minutes of each other. So you're not you're even though there's two separate theaters, they're right there. Um, Tribeca's spread out like throughout Manhattan. No, you can pair some of the theaters off. I remember Sinopolis and SBA, SBA, I think, and then and um, Regal and BMCC are close to each other. And what was it? There's a fifth one that's like up north. Was that Beacon Theater? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and but they're still like the two that are closer, like ten minutes walking. Um, both of the, the pairs that we just did, but then if you were to go cross, it's like twenty minutes on the subway, so like it's a fifty-minute walk or so. So like you can't go to one movie and then go to the other movie unless you're able to get there, um, if the times work out. But so that you, I'm wondering how much of a festival feel it's going to have because you're not even like there's no central hub. Like there is there is a central hub. That's not true, but that you would go to that not to watch a movie just to like you know maybe meet somebody or chill yeah. out or whatever. Uh, which I do want to go to at least once or twice to see what it, what the deal is. Maybe we can network there or whatever because you can't really network during a movie, but you can in between and standing in line. But is that going to be near the critics screening theater? Or? I would imagine so because that yeah, all the critics screenings are in one in one theater, so that okay. is uh, helpful. So I imagine so, but I don't know. But that's the first place we have to stop. We have to go get our badges. Um, so we, we'll get there on Thursday afternoon, and we will uh, take an Uber in from the airport. Oh yeah, um, which is going to be a long ride because we're going from uh, the New Jersey airport, uh, the Bulwark Airport, to Manhattan. So I think it's about an hour. Well, and then traffic and everything too. And I have no idea what to expect. At least it's like noon time traffic though. So yeah. I, I don't know if that's good or bad to be honest. But um, but once we're in the city, uh, we are we're, we won't be in a car probably again for several days. We'll be on subway and um, walking most of the time. And uh, eating New York food and enjoying New York culture as much as possible. And, oh, you know, uh, I don't know how much time we'll have to get to things like this, but I did notice that there are going to be a lot of uh, virtual reality experiences out there. There's one company, specifically Penrose, that I followed with uh, another one of their experiences they put out, which uh, I can't remember the name of it now. I can't remember the name of the one that caught my eye, but they'll be out there 
and I don't know how I feel about doing VR and putting all the headgear on like mm-hmm. in the middle of the day and then and how many other people have had that yeah. headgear on and yeah uh, not yeah. that I have to worry about head lice mind you but still um, and additionally I I, uh, I will be sad to miss that screening of Scarface that they're gonna have yeah the special that would be fun. screening that would be uh, we're going to Tully instead I think so I don't think I think it might overlap a little bit um, but yes I've never seen Scarface uh, so oh I didn't know that it would have been cool I've seen to it see once on the big screen it's but been a while. Yeah, and it's been on my my radar for a long. I mean, it's obviously a movie everyone talks about, but I mean, I've I've owned it in a steelbook special edition Blu-ray for like five or six years now. Um, and I because they had a they had these like comic book art steelbooks at Walmart. I remember years, those. And I snagged yeah. the Scarface. I'm like, cool, that, that'll be a cool way to buy this. And it's just sitting there. One day I'll watch it. Well, to do an old school movie night. I need a second viewing of it. So yeah, well, and uh, Mike. Uh, Mike Sanchez, who does top five movies with me, and again, a, a occasional contributor to the writing, um, he's a big fan of it, and has t- we've been talking about watching it together for a good year now. But oh, let's, it get, let's, let's never get happens. Together. Yeah, if we can get all three of us, that'd be awesome. Um, all right, we will wrap this up. Uh, check back to burkreviews.com. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at burkreviews. I will be posting pictures of Dave and I. Um, at New York and at various landmarks and probably before screenings when I'm looking exhausted and tired um, and maybe with a slice of pizza in my hand at one point um, because I'm definitely going to get a big slice of cheese New York pizza um, and I don't know why but I've always heard about New York hot dogs and I feel very compelled to eat at a hot dog cart one day um, I, I've done that when I was younger I can't recall how the experience was but I'm I can't imagine a hot dog game. being different but Everyone seems to swear by the hot dog cart, so I feel like that's part of the experience, right? We're just going to go out there and, like, get diabetes and pass out. Well, I don't eat much sweets, so, you know, I'm hoping to uh, avoid that. But I'm going to (laughs) partake. But I'm hoping to be as as healthy as I can. Um, I am definitely going to have a slice of pizza. I I maybe only have one slice of pizza, and I have gone vegetarian recently, so I won't be um, eating too much meat. I I am a pescatarian, so I, I eat fish, and... I kind of cheat and irrationally, um, did I just say irrationally? Uh, occasionally. <laughs> I, I tried to read and talk and the words did not mesh well. Um, I see that. We'll have to get some pies, apparently. Uh, that reminds me of, whose joke pies. is this? I think it's Jim Gaffigan. I can't remember. There was a joke. He's like, uh, my roommate in college uh, was from New York and um, I wasn't, and I don't, God, I wish I could remember who the same comedian is. Like, you want to go have some on a pie? And so he got pepperoni, I got pumpkin, because he didn't get the uh, the phrasing of pies. He's like, oh, you know who it is? It's um, it's right off the tip of my tongue. He's he does the pop tart bit. The pop tart. Oh bit. my goodness! Why can't I? Th- Ryan Regan. Brian oh, Regan. Yeah, He's, yeah. Uh, it's his bit, um, the pumpkin pie pizza bit. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Brian Regan. Sorry, Mr. Regan, for stealing your joke and butchering it, because I know I didn't totally do it. That credit to um, Gaffigan. I was thinking Gaffigan. Well, th- to be fair, they, they often get discussed the same, because they're both clean comics uh, that have obtained success. They, neither of them really curse um, and generally keep the conversation to a family-friendly level. I can't think of Hot Pockets without the image of Gaffigan. No. Oh, yeah. No, it's impossible. Um but Regan has a really great Pop Tart bit about uh, the instructions on a Pop Tart, like how to heat a Pop Tart. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that bit. Um, big fan of stand up. Uh, Kevin Smith, by the way, uh, and this his is, daughter's film is going her, to be premiering. His, uh, but not when we're there, unfortunately. But he is he's actually doing a uh, Q and A stand up show at Caroline's on Broadway on the twenty third, or no, on Saturday, so the twenty first. And I would really like to go, but I've seen Kevin Smith a few times. And I don't know if I have to see him every time I'm somewhere. Have you met him yet? 
No. Uh, Lifetime Dream, because he is, um, well, I I don't know if he's read my review of Yoga Hosers, he may not want to talk to me, but um, I generally like his work. I did not like Yoga Hosers, which I think proves my objectivity, because I am clearly a Kevin Smith fan, and I still... As am I. Still bashed his most recent film pretty hard because it's not good. Um, and I'm sorry about that. I really wish it was good. I and I do like Tusk, though, despite many people oh, hating it. I still it. haven't seen that. I, I like it. It's, it's weird. I love Red State, which a lot of people have not seen, unfortunately. Um, I think that is... There's a couple of things I don't like about the movie, but overall it's great. And John Goodman is amazing in it, as per usual. But... Um, I hope we meet him so I can offer to be a stunt double. That would be <laughs> Silent Bob. <laughs> Standing offer if ever hears this. Well, you know, Kevin's inspired me multiples of ways. Um, and so if, if we get a chance to meet him, that would be amazing. Um, I know we're, we're going to be in the same place at the same time, and I'm hoping he'll be hitting up some of the movies that are there. And, you know, I don't want to be like creepy fan guy, but it would be really cool if I could, you know, tell him in person that, hey, you've inspired me in many, many ways. Um, including my recent change to vegetarianism. I'm following his heart attack. Uh, scared me. I won't lie. His heart attack scared me, too, and I really have not been too concerned about my health, but he is not that old. So. No, he's only 10 years older than us, and, yeah. and I am in a very similar physique than Kevin Smith. And so, well, and he lost all that weight to boot, so to see him now have yeah. the heart attack, like, well, shit. Well, he'd, I think he'd still been eating poorly, though, when he'd lost some of the oh, weight. Oh, okay. But um, his new diet uh, is extreme. Like, he's mainly eating potatoes. It's the same diet that uh, um, Penn, Penn Gillette uh, from Penn & Teller went on and yeah. lost an insane amount of weight, which is surprisingly, apparently, like, really, really healthy for you if uh, potatoes are full of nutrients and stuff. Um, but uh, it is still, like, it's a hard diet. Like, I tried it. I lasted less than a day because eating nothing but potatoes – is not fun. Like it is, it's it hurts your jaw. I always think of the Morrison when I think of that. Yeah, and I well, and I'm like, I guess I should have known because he was like, he looked miserable. And when I was watching, I'm like, why would it be bad eating potatoes? I'm like, oh, okay, I get well, it. He ran on a ketchup. So. Well, and, and that's the thing. I wasn't using ketchup because ketchup's full of sugar. So like, you if you're trying to get healthy by eating potatoes, you can't like cover it with crap. Like you have to yeah. just eat potatoes. And yeah, potatoes with nothing on them are, is not that good. Like <laughs> no matter how they're cooked, it's like. Uh, boiled potatoes aren't so bad. Boiled well, even potatoes. if you put seasoning on them, you do eventually get to that bland. Well, and like, you have to be flavorless. careful with salt too, because salt's high sodium, oh, high yeah. blood pressure. So you, you can go with herbs and things like that. But that's whatever. You know, it's not. It's still like it wasn't an enjoyable experience. But I did. I did still prompt me to go more veggies, and I've cut red meat out completely. I haven't had red meat in three weeks. Oh wow. Um, and uh, I've barely eaten chicken. I've mainly eaten fish, but even then, I've eaten a lot of beans and things like that as supplement for um for protein and. Uh, the magical chickpea, which I, I eat in the way of hummus. I, I have not actually just ate chickpeas, but I'm a big fan of hummus, um, which is full of protein. So uh, something I'd never, if like even four months ago, you told me I was going to be a vegetarian. I probably would have laughed in your face. But, <laughs> no. And now and I'm not doing it because I have any kind of ethical issues with animal treatment, although I do have some issues and I, I am not a hunter. I don't dislike hunting. I like meat. But, um, you know, giving it up to not die felt like a good choice, you know, so. And I, I, to be fair, I don't know that I won't die, but I'm trying everything in my power to prevent it. <laughs> so, yeah. um, not to get too existential, folks, but Kevin Smith's going to be there. I really like to meet him. And Kevin uh, Smith prompted a lot of thought between these two guys, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah he. A lot of conversations in my life have been prompted because of that man. Um, and uh, including Mallrats is still one of my favorite movies. Um, I, I just connect with it in way too many different ways, but. 
one last time, you can uh, follow me at Burke Reviews um, on Twitter, Instagram, and move. Uh, sorry, Letterboxd, which I can't, I cannot stress enough how everybody needs to be on Letterboxd. If you're listening to this podcast, you love movies enough to listen to me talk about them, you should be on Letterboxd.com, and they need to sponsor me because I have been your biggest advocate, I swear. Letterboxd.com. So, um, and that's letter, like normal, but boxed with B-O-X-D, no E. Oh, letterboxed. Yep. Gotcha. Um, but... That's it, folks. Check back BerkReviews.com and listen to upcoming episodes of the podcast for the Tribeca follow-ups. Um, also dropping this week is our top five movies uh, summer fantasy draft, where Mike, Ooh. myself, Corey, and we have two special guests, Craig Seibert from Music Musing and Matt Hudson from What I Watch Tonight in uh, .co.uk, who has become a very good friend of mine, um, both podcasting-wise, but we do a bloody awesome movie podcast. But we brought them in this year, so there's five of us drafting all the summer movies, and it got pretty intense. Um, we, so you did decide to start it early because of Avengers starting on the 27th, Avengers, right? Because of correct, okay. yes. And I, a spoiler, I had the first pick. Guess what my first pick was? Uh, I don't know, uh, Avengers. Uh, Avengers, yeah, because I don't, I cannot imagine any movie. I mean, you won. Money. Congratulations. Yeah, I, well, maybe, because every other pick I had, it was not as good. <laughs> there are a lot of movies coming out this yeah, summer. And, that, uh, and Corey and Matt cards. grabbed, I think, the, I don't want to spoil who, who picked what, but Corey and Matt's list look pretty strong, and they kept grabbing movies that I wanted before I could get them. So, like, my, my first pick is strong. It goes dramatically downhill from there. So, that episode is dropping this week. Um, you will get to hear that after you've heard this already. But um, it's a fun episode. We were able to keep it under an hour and a half because we did the draft actually off mic, and then we just got together and talked about our picks. Yeah. Um, to like make sure we could keep it in a reasonable time because I think if we would been picking live, it would have been like a four day event. But when is the end date of this, by the way? So it starts uh, with Avengers. So April twenty sixth, technically speaking, because it's the Thursday night, um, and ends uh, Memorial Day weekend. So September, whatever it is, I think I think it's September first or September third or something like that. It's like really early this year. Okay. Um, but we usually do that. Last year it was May first to well May to August, uh, the end of August, and this is basically the same. Uh, just a, a week early because of Avengers. They they couldn't wait. They had to put it, bring us out in April, and so they made summer movies come out a whole week earlier. But um, we had to include them because one, their original release date was May, so they yeah. were a summer movie, and they last minute changed it. But um, yeah, I mean, but there's some big movies this summer, and so check out the fantasy draft. You get to hear us kind of explain why we picked those movies. We talk about who's in them and what the basic plot synopsis is. So if you haven't heard of something, you will and. Uh, with five people, we go pretty deep. We go 25 movies deep into the summer release schedule because we, you know, there's so many movies. And then we even threw in some honorable mentions that we are considering maybe because we uh, we added a rule this year where we can switch two of our movies by July. So if there's, okay. if you're like, this movie bombed, I'm going to go ahead and switch. Or like you start hearing negative reviews early. Like, oh my God. Because it's not just box office. It's also me- me- uh, critic scores that count. So that's how we earn points. So if the critics hate a movie, that movie's got to make a lot of money to balance that out to have them in your top in your five. And same thing, critics love a movie, but it's only playing in fifty theaters. You're not going to make the money um, enough to to win points. So like it's it's a balancing act. And so being able to switch to is huge. But the catch is you can only pick movies that weren't drafted. So like if someone switches, you can't grab their movie. That movie's off the table. I don't even know there are twenty five movies coming out oh, over the course of there's summer. Fifty two as of right now. Wow. And there's a few that have not had official release dates or that I had missed somehow. This um, is where Movie Pass is gonna pay off. Yeah. Well not all of them are, are wide releases. Um like yeah. there's a few festival movies that are supposed to come out this summer, Blind Spotting, which uh, I saw at um, South by but premiered at Sundance, which is amazing and I it's right now my favorite movie of the year. Um uh, Tully gets a release, which we're going to already see, but it gets a release in July, I think, or June. 
um, uh, there's like oh uh, eighth grade the Bo Burnham director oh, debut it's yeah. fantastic I saw that at South by that's getting its release you are uh, what well, um, won't you be my neighbor the documentary about Mr Rogers which is amazing I know you're not a documentary guy but I'm telling you but it's I great. am interested in watching this um, one and then um, there's like two other uh, festival oh um, never never going back which I uh, saw it's an A24 film that's supposed to be coming out in August and I will actually have uh, the director. Augustine Frizzell on um, top five movies in August, right before her film goes wide. So, Sweet. and she's currently directing a show for HBO um, right now. In fact, that's why we're not doing the interview now because she's on set and filming right now. So, and that came out of nowhere. Like I, we set up the interview after South by, and she. Uh, I all of a sudden I saw a newspaper, uh, not a news- newspaper ad. <laughs> I saw an online article. <laughs> Augustine Frizzell signs with HBO. I'm like, what? And so I messaged her. I'm like, hey, congratulations. She's like, oh my god, it's happening so quick. And then. She's like, hey, can we reschedule? I'm shooting already. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, that's awesome. And I'm like, yes, of course we can reschedule. But we're going to try to do August um, right when her new her movie's actually getting a wide release. So that's one that I loved at the festival. I don't know that everyone's going to love it, but it's kind of like Friday. You know, Ice Cube. Uh, you know, um, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker. Um, but with girls. And oh. not exactly, but it's like a buddy comedy. And it's, it's fantastic. It's really, really funny. And man the girls are really natural and just like they their chemistry is so like the the friendship bond they have is so good um but yeah great movie a lot of other stuff coming out this summer check out the summer movie draft and until next time folks keep watching movies Rebecca. this has been a burke reviews podcast burke reviews.com